Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. You're still talking about them, so let's just talk about them on pod. What? The ribs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually wrote a Christmas card about those ribs. No, you didn't really? I did. I included them. (laughs) I had the ribs with my friend James, and uh, I just sent him a Christmas card. I put it in the mail, and I was like, yo, thank you so much for letting me stay with you while I was in Santa Rosa, and I am still thinking about those fucking ribs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, he had some too, right? Yeah. We, so you have like a new bond in your friendship? Yeah. And we've known each other for like 20 years, but this felt like a real level up. Like we basically orgasmed over ribs together. What do you, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, I was staying with um, James. I also call him Jim, Jimmy James. And, um, you know, as a thank you for staying with him, I was like, let me get dinner. And he suggested ordering from this Thai place called Sea Thai in Santa Rosa. And... I was like, let's throw some of these ribs on there just as a sort of afterthought because I've learned from eating with you, you know, you always got to get a selection from the menu. You don't just get one dish. If you're going to order delivery, deliver up yeah. for yourself. Get 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 some options and then you eat them later and yeah. they're just in the fridge for later when you're hungry at midnight. Yeah, if you're going to get delivery, get it for leftovers in mind. Yes. Totally. I learned this from you. And um, so I threw those ribs on that order and um, I mean... I don't even really know how to talk about them. They were like, it was like a spiritual experience. You're holding yourself like you're squeezing yourself. Yeah, I am. I'm holding all my fingers. What is, were they like sticky, sweet, yes. smoky? Yep. All the things. Mm-hmm. Spicy? They hit every note. I think there was some five spice in there and a really beautiful umami flavor. And then the meat was just, it was just really good, like fall off the bone. And it was rich, but not fatty. And they were like the perfect amount of salty. It was crazy. Did and you I'm two so... look at each other with like glistening chins and yeah. shamefully wipe away yeah. the... Yeah, it felt illicit. It really did. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're really good friends and we've been really good friends for a long time. But it did feel like we were doing something like kind of a little dirty together, you know? It was really <laughs> funny. And what I truly loved, and thank you, C. Tai, for this. There were six which I so appreciate. I don't like the odd number of the appetizer. Never. Yeah. It's an insult, especially if you're going to get a big sampler. Mm-hmm. Make sure that the sampler comes in evens. Yeah, exactly. Like like our sampler, uh, our like 2 a.m. sampler that we got after Hall of Flowers. It was so satisfying. Yeah. Four of everything, six of everything. It's so fun. Sorry to go back, but it's like <laughs> very fun to like picture you and Jim in a movie, some kind of detective um, uh, like, you know, the cop is coming home from a long day and mm-hmm. you're... Uh, the cop's wife mm-hmm. and you hear mm, mm, and he's like what the heck I'm getting cheated on you're oh I know right yes and then you open it and it's like you and somebody else just eating ribs looking at each other yeah having yeah it definitely sounded like we were horny for those ribs <laughs> I was moaning they were delicious congratulations to uh that whole staff at Tai for putting out the best I think definitely I'm gonna say they're the best ribs I've ever had whoa in my whole entire life whoa yep the C is for come. Yeah. Okay. C, no C, well, yes. It was C, like S-E-A. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But that's also like an ocean of, you know, come. <laughs> I don't like saying that word. You know I get all shy about that. I get weird. 
<laughs> Even saying I'm, I was horny for them, like that's over the line for me. It is? Yeah, I'm a little bit of a prude with that stuff. It's just, I don't know, how I grew up, like I wasn't allowed to use that language and I still think like, what would my dad say? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Would he fist bump you for that or no. not? No. No, no, no. He was very, he was very um, proper and old fashioned, you know, like in, in, I mean, he was very forward thinking Yeah. in every way, but with vulgar language, he didn't, he didn't like that. Well, would you like to start over or plow ahead? <laughs> Let's go ahead. Okay. Sorry, Dad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you're you're like bordering on Christmas with this one. So if you're going to be on a naughty list, now is the time to get on it. Right. I'm on that list for saying the bad words about those juicy ass ribs. There it is. Uh-huh. Now you're back. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And delicious finger smacking make you come in your pants ribs. Damn right. <laughs> or whatever you're going to have this holiday season. We're working on a menu right now for some family and friends. Yeah. I think we're going to make that vegan creamy polenta mm-hmm. for one. Vegan creamy polenta with mushrooms and kale. Yeah. But red wine braised mushrooms and kale. It was a um, recipe in the New York Times cooking section, which we've both been finding a lot of joy from. Yeah. And then we're having dinner with our friend Natalie and her family. And she sent over her menu I mean, there's some craziness on there. There is some craziness. I do want to shout out the New York Times recipe cooking section for this year. They really leveled up. They streamlined everything. So a lot of the ingredients you may already have in your pantry. These steps are simple. It is they keep the idea that you have to wash your own dishes in mind when they're creating these (laughs) recipes, which I genuinely appreciate. I think Bon Appetit kind of fell off in the recipe department a bit this year. Like a lot of their stuff, they're reaching for new cultural um like excellence Mm -hmm. but um within that like a lot of bowls a lot of plates a lot of steps a lot of new ingredients and so i would like i like the way the new york times kind of streamlines and and incorporates what you already have and then pushes you beyond those comfort levels yeah that's awesome also i think the bon appetit uh kitchen i mean there was just such a huge changeover so many of the staff moved on this year and they're doing their own amazing things like uh solha is over at new york times now isn't she well she's kind of her own person yeah she seems like a satellite where everyone's lucky to have her if she says yes to being with you please come on the podcast yeah. i would love to chat with her and you know all the, and i mean ham yeah her her husband and their bulldog oh i'm very open to having the bulldog on and if we have a good time then sola you know consider it so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah 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 awesome yeah i i've been really enjoying cooking i mean those i i would say another dish that was one of the best things i've ever had was the dish that you made me Eric Kim's um, buttery chicken thighs with fish and lime sauce, or 100%. lime and fish sauce, whatever it was. They were fucking delicious. <laughs> they were. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I uh, Again, it goes back to like um, simple things that everyone likes, but incorporating new ideas of new flavors within a um, familiar idea. Yeah. And that, to me, helps me take like small steps towards big, new, bold ideas. And, you know, I mean, like you and I... I think we'll try anything once, especially if it involves our mouths. So <laughs> if something new is exciting for my mouth, I'm going to put it in there. You're definitely going to put that in your mouth. But I think the rest of the country or a lot of people uh, in the country is a better mm-hmm. way to say it, mm-hmm. um, might not put everything in their mouth as soon as they see it. So yeah. you got to take baby steps to get there. Yeah, we we all know some picky eaters for sure. Yeah, my bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He likes his, like, he, he knows what he likes and he eats what he likes. And Can he I thinks. tell you something that drives me nuts about him before we move on? <laughs> Hi, Matt. Man, what's up, Matt? Well, hey, Merry Christmas, bro. <laughs> Thank you for all the gifts that I'm about to open. But I will say he is the kind of guy who will order one um, uh, 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 Blue Moon. Yeah. And it'll take him all dinner to drink 
the blue moon mm-hmm. and everyone around him is like on their second or third drink yeah. but he's able to just have like a beer with dinner and it's just one and it drives me crazy because the <laughs> levels of it are so steadily declining instead of like boop 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 it's uh-huh. it's like he like enjoys it or something I don't fucking know wow yeah he is a moderate where you're the hedonist right oh yeah yeah I'm a bottomless pit and he's like uh, six inches deep <laughs> when it comes to gluttony when it comes to gluttony yeah I, well, he's very disciplined I mean I know he's he runs marathons and stuff like you know I feel like that just I could do says that. it all. I could do that. Oh, really? I could easily run Let's a marathon. Let's see it. What do you need Do it me and to then do? talk about it. Oh, Run a marathon shit. and then talk about how you could run a marathon. Direct challenge. You think you could run a marathon? Yes. Huh. I, I have running shoes. <laughs> Great. Good luck. Uh, call me afterwards and I'll bring you a cold beer. It's so hard. I used to run half marathons. I never ran a full marathon because I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm also not built to run. If anyone has ever seen me, I'm definitely like, you know, I'm, I look like a giraffe on roller skates. I'm like... You do have tiny feet. I have tiny feet. I have tiny feet. It's and I'm like just... a cartoon drew you... Because like everywhere... I don't know how many people have met Mary Jane, but when she walks you here... Like that. I do have small feet. It's true. It's like the only delicate thing about me. Um, but yeah, I ran a bunch of half marathons. I think I ran seven just to prove something to myself. Hated every minute seven of Seven halves? I ran seven half marathons. Yeah. Over the course of a couple of years with friends who are very good at running and they like coaxed me into it and trained me up and ran with me and did all the things. And then I broke my ankle and it was almost a relief because I didn't have to run anymore. Wow. But it was good. I was I was in really fucking good shape. It was great. Wow. Yeah, that felt really good. I do miss that. I will say during the pandemic, I have let my workout routine, like, bless you. Thank you. Go to, like, I'm just walking. I'm not doing any, like, classes or anything. I used to love going to yoga, doing stuff like that and taking care of myself. And I, that slid off. So I would say if I'm going to make any resolution for the new year, which I won't really do because I think resolutions – are like you're setting yourself up to fail is how I feel about them. Okay, so what are you about to say? You might commit to something, that but I maybe do, not. I want to find a yoga routine just to get my body back into some sort of supple suppleness. I love the way that feels when you're limber, you know? Oh, that's your goal, limberness. Yeah, it's not even about like being super fucking fit. I just want to feel like limber, you know? That does sound nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that like the worst is when you shower and when you go to wash your leg and you hear yourself go, ugh. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, sucks. Like you get up in the morning and you're like, ugh. Yeah, okay. Like uh, reaching down to scratch my ankle is uh, something. Uh, oh, okay, geez. understood. What, how you how do you feel about resolutions? I mean, I'm going to run a marathon already. I think we've established that. All right. Let's you go. You heard it here. I like, a, I like a resolution. Make a choice. Stand mm-hmm. firm. Make a fucking commitment and be disciplined enough to see it through. That's what life is about. Great. I just feel like the data behind making resolutions is that nobody keeps them. <laughs> sure, I understand So that. I try not to set myself up for failure because, you know, then I feel bad about myself. If I say that I'm going to do something and I don't, like, that is my number one um, thing that I don't like is saying that I'm going to do something and then not achieving it. Like, I've always, since I was a little kid, been like, if I say I'm going to do something, I fucking do it. And so I guess I just don't want to put the pressure on myself to have to do something that feels insurmountable because everything's just crazy. Like the world is tough. So I don't want to like add a layer to my own stress. I understand you know the what way I'm that, yeah. Like you want to smoke why are you watch creating, movies, Mike? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but don't I I hope that especially I don't know. I can't decide whether I want to speak for myself or how I hope everyone else views themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a tricky way to say what I'm about to say. 
because I'm feeling very adversarial with you right now. Because, oh. like, don't you want to think of yourself as, like, separate from the pack, as, like, different from all the rest? Like, when we watched Curb Your, Enthusia- Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry David was like, I can't be in traffic. I'm not like these people. I'm smart. And I'm then too he good like, for traffic. I'm too good for traffic. And he, like, it's a... So, for me, the idea of a resolution is because it's like, I look around and I'm like, I'm... I'm special, man. I can commit to something and do it because I have a strong mind and I'm not a sheep. And I think that telling myself those things and then following through on that resolution makes me feel like I I leveled up and I told myself I would and then I achieved that level up. And I need that kind of whipping my own back to get me there. Mm -hmm. I feel you on that. I understand that. I just don't need a resolution to feel special. (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel small. (laughs) Mary Jane's feet go... And my and my ego goes. I mean, Mike, I'm so good at parking. How could I help but feel like I'm special? You are like if if the Marvel <laughs> universe is looking for a new superhero, it's like who's she? Oh, that's Mary Jane. What's her deal? She can park anywhere, park anything, anything, anywhere. I swear <laughs> to God, I am so proud of myself because I. I really, I mean, truly, I don't even, I, I'm not a braggy person generally, and I don't like to boast about myself too terribly much, but I'm really good at parking. I mean, I put it on my Instagram story the other night because I wanted the adulation. I was like, well, I texted it to you. I was like, I need parking validation. And by that, I mean, <laughs> please validate how good my parking is. Yes. Yeah. We're tiny talking, space, huge mm, car, you know. Kissing the curb, kissing. caressing the bumpers, but yep. no touch. No touch. No touch anywhere. I could slide a credit card through the space. Um, what's your turn average? So that makes me feel really good. That was a hard one. That was probably like a six. I did have to squeeze in there. That's still low. I felt low. I was really like, take that Silver Lake. (laughs) Take that everybody. (laughs) I like that the CIA agents who at this point, we're definitely on a bunch of lists. So we're being followed around by white vans all the time. Oh, for sure. And I love that when they're like, oh no, she's going to park. Like this is when they're on your side, not trying to bring us down. Uh, we kind of want to recruit our office, like you know, whatever it is, like your men in black, yeah, or women, yeah. uh, people in black is the, uh, and they're recruiting you for your parking skills. Yeah, because truly, I mean, what what do you have? I can park it. Yeah, yeah. How I, would you do with a U-Haul, a great. loose U-Haul in the back of a truck? I feel like I've talked about this on this podcast, and everyone's probably exhausted by hearing me have to <laughs> talk about how fucking good I am at parking, but. I had a like a box truck one night that I parked in the East Village on a Friday night in Manhattan with a bunch of dudes being like, yeah, you're never going to make it. And I fucking made it in a three-point turn and walked away. And I swear to God, I flipped my hair and like twitched my ass as I walked away. Yeah. I was like, take that. Oh, they all jacked off to it that night. It's so satisfying. Wow. I want to hear everyone else's parking flexes. Let's end the year with some like hot parking. Yeah. What was your greatest parking achievement or your hugest parking failure? Yes. Have you bumped? I've definitely bumped. Oh, for sure. One time I was so, oh, this is going to be revealing, but I don't really care. When I lived in Koreatown, when I first moved to LA mm-hmm. and it is, um, it's a, it's a, inexpensive place to live but that means that you have like a lot of families packed into one bedrooms Mm -hmm. because everyone's just trying to level up generational wealth Mm -hmm. um from the bottom up and so parking is at an all-time premium in koreatown especially street parking because you have like one street that could be occupied by literally one 
family mm -hmm. and they all save spots for each other yes, to take they, it they do to the take saving it, right? thing that's so crazy yeah yeah so one time i was frustrated it was like two in the morning i had just gotten done bartending and i saw this fucking truck and it was beat up a bit and it was taking up two spots to save and i just backed up and i went full forward and i bumped it down the fucking hill as far as i could Whoa. with my bumper and then i parked in the space and got out and walked away yikes and i window. moved it i moved it a whole car down wow. the fucking street because I was sleepy. That's intense. I fucking had to, man. What do you do? I, yeah, I, I feel your pain. I feel like everyone would do that. Okay. Would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I would be too scared that someone would come out and be upset, you to, know? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I feel, I mean, if you can actually like push a car with your car out of the way and take that parking spot, good on you, man. Yeah. Well, for me, like cars are like sneakers at a certain point. Like once you start wearing them to the point where they're your everyday sneaker or it's your everyday car, like I'm going to, I'm going to rough it up a bit. I'm not getting a return on this deposit. Like yeah. I'm going to run it into the ground. <laughs> so if that means I got to bump other cars out of my way to go to bed, yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. But when you get that, you know, whatever your level up car is, you will not be like pushing other cars around with your oh. beautiful new Bugatti or whatever no you're going to drive. No way. Yeah. No way. Do you know, I want, yeah, great. Garage money this year, 2022. Oh, garage money. I hear that. There's I... more and more like young rappers coming up who are rapping about having their first chimney. Oh. I love that as like a Christmas flex to talk about today. That's fantastic. That means that you have, yeah, so many things. You have a fireplace. It means you have a house. Yes. But it probably has property attached to it. You know? I own some land. You own land. That's exciting. I, I also hope for 2022 that we both level up our living spaces. Like I've been super fortunate to land in this crazy little house that we're recording in right now. But um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> saying it here. By the end of the spring, I'm going to be in a new place, hopefully with a chimney. That would be fucking awesome. It would be awesome. Bobo and Archie would appreciate a chimney, a little fireplace. Yes. You know, all yes. of us like, you know, cozied up in front of the fire. Sorry, I just yelled yes at you. I agree with you. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I also love that like you and I are willing to make commitments and resolutions to level up our houses. But when it comes to our health, we're like, movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to smoke some more of this fucking watermelon rancher and watch the rest of the fall because holy shit, like revelation. Jillian Anderson, I didn't even know that she was English until very recently. Because you were uh, Dana Scully Stan? I, oh, yes. X-Files. Every Sunday night when I was in theater school, we would all gather at my friend Allison's house and we would watch X-Files and uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. And I think it was Sunday nights. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, I was a huge X-Files fan. And then I think it was last year when she was on The Crown playing Margaret Thatcher. And I was like, oh, that's a stretch for her. And then I found out that she's English. Like... What? English and American, dual citizenship, lived in both places, mm -hmm. can play both sides of the pond. Oh my God. And she's so gorgeous. She's just like smoking hot and ice cold and such like a twitch of the lip and like a narrowing of her beautiful eyes. She's so good. I don't know if everyone's seen The Fall because it came out like a million years ago, but I had not. And I am a major fan. Perfect Christmas break binge. Truly. Yes. Her blouse acting oh my is... God. <laughs> those Ooh. silk blouses it is also about a serial killer so maybe <laughs> not Christmassy for everyone perfect. everyone loves a serial killer Christmas come on I, you know it's, it is a great binge though and I, you know you and I it was funny we were like making plans for our Christmas break and we're like okay we're gonna smoke Halloween and watch 
a bunch of cool stuff and we were coming up with our list and you were like, I've never seen Apocalypse Now. I was like, perfect. We'll watch it on Christmas Day. Can't wait to watch it. I want to go back to the fall though because it is so great and smoking weed and watching it. I know it's about a serial killer, but her her, the way that they just keep doing scenes of her in the bathroom mirror where she's slowly unbuttoning and rebuttoning in her blouse mm-hmm. while saying very important information is top-notch acting to me because it is so meticulous and uh, what's engage not more than engaging like what's it called when it's double engaging I don't <laughs> I don't know engrossing oh great yeah. yeah engrossing double engaging yeah and have you noticed that she has that gesture where she like moves her hair back in a very specific way like that carrot like she's really oh. physically fucking incredible in very tiny very subtle ways and it's it's yeah her restraint as an actor oh my god and then Jamie Dornan playing the crazy fucking serial killer which is not a spoiler alert because you know right away from the first episode that he's the guy which is so exciting to watch to know who the killer is and watch them both make moves um but uh the best comedy to come out uh as a year-end wrap-up the best comedy to come out in what probably a a gener 10 years now Uh five ten years now barb and star barb and star go to vista del mar oh how many times have you seen it uh four i've seen it five times no shit i have seen that movie it's a perfect movie. I feel like it just, yeah. Uh, thank you, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo, I think is how you say her name, for making just like the most beautiful, joyous, funny, fucking weird movie. And Jamie Dornan like jumping around and pirouetting on the beach and like playing the traditional like girly role. Is just everything. He's, He's everything. A, I mean, is. to do The Fall and then Fifty Shades of Grey and then <laughs> Barb and Star. I'm a big, big fan. Also, he's crazy, crazy to look at. Meaning hot. So hot. <laughs> Between Gillian Anderson and Jamie Dornan, there's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Very hot. What if he was covered in that sticky sauce from Sea uh, Tie? I mean, I can't say what I would do. I would like, it would be cannibalism. <laughs> it wouldn't be good for him. <laughs> Jillian's after you next. <laughs> the killer's been killed by some new killer. I would eat him. Like, if, if anyone was covered in that sauce, it wouldn't be sexy. I would actually be eating you, eating your body. It's not cool. Not not fun for you. I couldn't help it. Yeah. I would, like, gnaw you down to the bone. And then, like, my lips and be like, sorry, you had to die. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about that weed we've been smoking a little bit. Can we yeah, talk it's about working. The watermelon rancher. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for... Um, can I say like a couple of things you just got me inspired by? Do you mind? Totally. Thank you. Um, you got me so inspired by Bud this year in way new ways. Mm. I was kind of, I don't know, a little jaded and a little bit like ready for things to move fucking forward this year. And it was quite frustrating. And I was like, uh, I like what I like, but I'm not seeing anything to get excited about. You blew the fucking wheels off 2021 for me, Mary Jane. And I just want to say thank you for that. Wow. Thank you. Um, in what way do you mean? Well, I know you're about to talk about uh, a couple of things we saw at Hall of Flowers. And they are like right up my alley as I lean more into like a high CBD, something I can smoke every single day, a little lower THC. It doesn't get me ripped to the point where I'm ready for a nap. I can just ride a wave and caress my soul. Um, but in addition to that, the your the way that you started breaking down and being like actually delta eight and delta nine this and here are some articles that i'm writing for rolling stone that kind of cover all of these areas and where we're headed into 2022 i just learned a lot because you researched and wrote some really great things Jeez, <clears throat> thanks mike that feels really good i'm really stoked truth thank you and it was really cool to you know 
learn more than ever, I mean, just affirm, I guess, that there is something for everyone. Like, if you want that fucking 30-plus percent THC fire fucking indoor hydro craziness that that exists for you like you can go to see junkie or jungle boys or this new place that i learned about in San sacramento called blueprint which when i was at the emerald cup i asked this guy who was the quality control for cookies i was like what is what is the best and he handed me a jar and he was like it's this it's called dr freeze from blueprint and it was fucking crazy and then there's something from like what i really love is outdoor sun grown which is you know lower it's going to always be a little lower in thc and um you know because you can't pat pump up the cannabinoids under the sun like you can indoor you can't dial it in the same way but it's just so good it just feels good to smoke it it feels like organic food you know yes i this is a un, unpaid for ad i love working with them because of everything you're saying late grade for me yeah sun grown outdoor yep all lake, day every day lake county california and I'm learning more and more about it because I just spent some time up in Mendocino and, you know, what these farmers are facing and how they're suffering with the real collapse of the California cannabis industry, which is a piece that I'm writing right now. It's just wild. So I really am stoked to support outdoor, sun-grown, and the Bohemian Chemist is the watermelon rancher that we're talking about. And that is a really interesting, cool model because Jim and his partner, Brian, are growing like a micro. They only have 5,000 square feet on their property. And then they're selling it at their dispensary, which is attached to this like really cool like bed and breakfast that has um, tasting rooms for wine. And uh, their kitchen has a chef from Chez Panisse. Like it's just sort of all the experiences that you could want if you want like great food, great wine, great weed in a beautiful place. This place is called the Madrones. And cool. it's in um, Mendocino and I got to visit and he sent me off with some weed and I love it. It's so delicious. It's yeah. also in a case that feels like a light bulb, like a Thomas Edison moment yeah. of discovery yeah. when you're opening up that uh, eighth, yeah. which is a very nice feeling every time. Their whole jam is inspired by like a 1920s kind of apothecary situation. So it just feels all really beautiful. I mean, he was a designer in a former life. And so his attention to every single fucking detail is crazy. And they've got pre-rolls called Giggle Smokes. Anyway, this is not an ad for them. This is just, I love their weed. And I think it's a really cool business model that hopefully will... Um, save some smaller farms that smaller farms are able to do that same thing direct to consumer because that's part of the fucking problem in California which I've also learned before Prop 64 was enacted there were 8,000 retail locations in California now there are just a little over 900 whoa so the access point for retail in the state is just abysmal like there are all of these places that banned dispensaries coming into their communities because they didn't know enough about what that was going to look like and so they just had the knee-jerk reaction of saying well we're just going to ban it and it's really harmed the industry i mean farmers are suffering in every fucking place they're suffering from the taxation and over regulation and an overabundance of weed growing grown by bigger farms and then you know they're not able to like every other farmer is able to take their product to a farmer's market and sell their tomatoes or whatever it is they're growing cannabis farmers don't have that right they're not even though it's a plant even though it's being farmed yeah, it's crazy. The way weed is le like legislated under Prop 64 is nuts. It's called an agricultural product, which means that it's not um it's like the the way that the law treats that product is different than it would treat something that is a crop. Mm -hmm. Um and it's crazy. I mean, before it even leaves the farm, they have to pay a cultivation tax of $154 per pound, which is going up in January and uh, California has a $31 billion surplus from cannabis revenue, but these farmers are facing like 
that level of tax when they can't even sell their pounds for like 300 bucks. Yeah. It's like a 50% tax before the product even leaves. It's crazy. So, all right, fucking Callie, you filled your goddamn coffers. Now it's time to give back to the people who filled them for you. There's something to be done. Governor Gavin Newsom needs to address this crisis immediately. There was actually a press conference on Friday with a bunch of business leaders um, from like Canacraft and Kiva and a bunch of other places calling for Newsom and regulators to do something and... Um, I'm writing this really interesting piece right now, or I find it interesting, um, about about the crisis. So it's just really something to pay attention to because these they're the reason we have the industry. Yep. They are the, the people behind the movement that led to a legal cannabis industry are being snuffed out. And that is not a very Christmassy thing to talk about, but it's important. It's important. It's really important. If you're in California, support local growers if you can. Well, let's get into the news. All right, it feels like yes. we're at about the halfway point. Wait, can I guess as we as we sure. do our final news of the year? Can yep. I guess uh, at what time code we're at? Absolutely, twenty-seven fifty-two. Holy shit, twenty-eight twenty-six. When you said that, wow, wowzers, Mike! I'm very impressed. All right, a bit of a pro here. You're like a space fuck. You like a you're like a spatial awareness. Um, fucking guru or whatever like you have great spatial awareness and also time awareness i'm super good at time and i feel like that is uh, those are two qualities that people don't necessarily associate with people who smoke weed so it's cool thank you're, you you're repping time and space if- <laughs> <laughs> in a really nice way it's amazing he's good with space and time you know <laughs> i'm the silver surfer of cannabis baby yeah awesome <laughs> Well, the Grubla Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of plant-to-puff papers made with sustainable fibers, farmed from within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling papers and cones. They're even burning no-tear, GMO-free, and vegan. Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience that we call harm on high. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers and sample their entire line of products. Plus, visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at at OCB underscore USA. OCB has sponsored our news segment for most of this year. We're so grateful for their support. They make great gifts. I have a box of all of their different papers and Man, they're just a great company. So uh, maybe buy some OCB and stuff it in a stocking. Stuff it in a stocking. Roll up some weed in an OCB paper. Yeah. On Christmas morning, a little cinnamon roll, a little bit of OCB. Yes. Morning joint. Yes, definitely. 100%. Yeah, we got to wake and bake on Christmas Day. Wake and bake. Definitely going to wake and bake. I'm just to alert you because I know we're spending Christmas Day together. I am going to put on Christmas carols. So gird, gird your... Loins. I have a ton of favorite Christmas carols. I love it. Really? I love it. Okay, that's not the response I was expecting. I'm, I know. I'm grateful to hear that. Do I wish there was a little Sepultura sprinkled in there from their KSAD album? Yes, of <laughs> course. But will I also love a Trans-Siberian Orchestra? 100%. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> What's the news, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually happened today as we record this. It's that uh, AOC... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, we're not talking about OCB. We're talking about AOC. Uh-huh. And uh, she sent out a tweet calling on Biden just, I don't know how else to say it, except step the fuck up, man. So I'm just going to read the tweet, and then I can go into a bit of more detail about Great. where we're at. Yeah. So OCB just fired off a tweet that said... AOC. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm sure OCB supports her. <laughs> 
<laughs> saying Biden needs to lean on his executive authority now. He has been delaying and underutilizing it so far. There is an enormous amount he can do on climate, student debt, immigration, cannabis, healthcare, and more. Time is running out. We need to move and use alternative paths. Wow. Come on. I, fucking come on. Do anything that you said you were going to do. Like, you have, you're fucking resuming student debt payments. You said you wouldn't. You said you wouldn't. You've gotten fucking nobody out of prison, as far as I know, under the Biden administration. There is still everyone still locked up. You, you and you Kamala that. both yep. said different times, different places that you would move. You've moved no cannabis legislation forward. It's, yeah. yeah, do anything. So in addition to that tweet, a pair of Republican lawmakers... Uh, last week sent Biden and Vice, Vice President Kamala Harris separate letters criticizing their lack of action and continued silence on marijuana reform. Then, furthermore, let me. Uh, Elizabeth Warren wrote, with a stroke of the pen, you could grant relief to all of these people. And then... A recently published Congressional Research Service report affirmed that the president has it within their power to grant mass pardons for cannabis offenses. It also said that the administration can move to federally legalize cannabis without waiting for lawmakers to act. Yeah, that's fucking executive action. That's, you know, Obama, during the Obama administration, Barack Obama was forced to turn to executive action several times because he was being stonewalled at every fucking turn by the Senate. But it's my understanding that he wasn't even in as powerful a position as Biden is this time around. Well, we have, yeah, because right? we have a narrow majority. And yeah. so he, under uh, Barack Obama's second term, we did not have a majority. So he turned to executive action in order to get some things through. And Biden, you know, I mean, he campaigned on this whole, like, I'm going to reach across the aisle and work with everyone. You, people in your own fucking party, Joe Manchin is fucking your fucking legislative agenda up by, and he's in your own party. Like, yeah. get Get cracking. Well, you were saying before we... <laughs> On some stuff. Like, but not fracking. No. Get cracking, but not fracking. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were mentioning um, that Joe, it goes against his family's best interests to help Biden out, Joe right? Manchin. Yeah. Yeah. So my understanding is that, so he's the senator from West Virginia. Um, oh, we got to look that up and make sure that's true and it's not Virginia. But anyway, It is. It's West Virginia. It's West Virginia. And my understanding is that his family have investments in the coal mining industry. So the Build Back Better infrastructure agenda would actually harm his family's business. And this is totally like something that I just read in passing. I don't know much about it. But, you know, all of these Democrats who were, you know, they, they un... Um, linked the two pieces of legislation to get the first piece through thinking that they would be able to then negotiate and get this piece through as well and a bunch of people were like don't do that we got to pass it all together yeah ilhan omar and alexandria casu cortez and they've all been saying like this is exactly what we warned you against we warned you that if we unlinked these two things that someone like joe fucking mansion or Kristen cinema is going to vote against it because of their special fucking interests and like who they represent, which are not the will of their voters. They're not representing Joe Manchin, for instance, in West Virginia, like it's 50th, I think, in child poverty. Jeez. This bill would help his constituents and he's still saying like he can't get there. So, um, you Homie, know. you got both chambers locked. What yeah. are you doing? We need less Kendall Roy and more Logan Roy, <laughs> homie. Let's go, Biden. Let's go, Biden. Let's do this. Um, you know, I'm still supportive of the Democratic agenda and government, but like it, it, it's pretty galling to watch this total fucking inaction, especially when it comes to cannabis prisoners. Yeah, it and and, and uh, didn't Trump 
uh, use exec. He he was like executive ordering, like it was like dupes on a, a <laughs> busy restaurant. He did use executive orders, and I will say, like you know, do you remember the first day that Biden took office? There was a stack of executive orders on his desk, and he signed. I think it was like seventeen of them. Yeah, I do remember. He day. came in real hot, and it was to repeal a bunch of stuff that Trump had put into place. And it was just like this press conference of Biden just signing shit. So he has, it's not that he has never used executive orders, but now is the time. I think it's really amazing that uh, AOC is calling him out on it and saying like, we've got to do something, you know, 2022. Midterms, baby. It's going to be a really hard year for the Democrats. So we need to get some things passed so that we can have some modicum of, you know, progress before these midterms come up because people are suffering and horribly disappointed at the lack of, you know, movement. Like there are still 40,000 people in prison for cannabis offenses. Yes. They should all be out. They should have been out by now. They better be out soon. Yeah. Yeah. And the Republicans are coming out with hot bills that make a lot more sense. So it's like, why are you letting them scoop up all the sand, man? Come on. (laughs) And, and I, and it also makes me, and maybe this is the, uh, conspiracy weed part of me, but it's like, Maybe all of them are playing the exact same game and there are no two sides. There's just like one side and it's control. Mm. And so that's all I can think of when things like this are not moving forward. It's like it's it's like a it's like the lowest tier of watching uh professional wrestling yeah. where they're not great at the moves, <laughs> but it's, you know, a pretty good show when everyone's getting paid behind the in the locker room. Yeah. That's what this feels like. Wow. That's <laughs> totally I mean, yeah, I don't even know what to say to add to that. It's just like, it feels, it's so disappointing to become an adult and realize that shit is just always going to be fucked up. Like there's just nobody who's actually doing anything like climate change. I mean, there was this huge documentary that just came out, like a, you know, overview of climate change and what it looks like in every corner of the globe, just done a series on um, the New York times. Mm. It's so bad, Mike. Really? It's so bad. It's so scary and it's so bad. And nobody's really doing anything to address it. You know, everyone is ringing the alarm. Yeah. And, you know, it's not fun to listen to and it's not fun to think that, you know, things are are just going to get worse. But like we have to accept the realities and start from there. Like you can't bury your heads in the sand anymore. So mm-hmm. there's just, you know, it's like nobody wants to think about the unpleasant stuff. Everyone just wants to like, because oh, stuff is so hard right now. Everything's yeah. so hard. The pain points and the pressure points are like so intense, but we can't la la la. We cannot. I, you make me think, and I'm not trying to be flippant about this, but I do think what if AOC is our Neo? Because I am rewatching <laughs> all of the Matrixes, oh. and I because I I mean they're great, and I'm so excited for the new one. Mm-hmm. But there comes a point in the second Matrix where um, the robots are closing in on Zion, the city of Zion, and the head of like let's just call him the president comes in and is like, "What do you think we should do?" And Morpheus is like, "We need to." tell the truth to these people and the other person's like no it's going to start a panic we've got to protect them for their own good and then morpheus comes out and gives this powerful speech that's honest and how hard the fight is going to be but if you believe in the idea of hope then we can turn everything around and the whole city erupts in this huge satisfactory growl of like not only do we know the truth but now we can take action to right wrong and it's just this powerful moment in the matrix and then fucking neo kills it and so like i i just feel like maybe people like we need our Morpheuses we need our Neos and to me AOC is hopefully a Neo yeah 
Wow, that's fucking awesome. Who's Carrie on Moss? Who's Trinity? Yeah, right. Well, I mean... Greta Thunberg? I, ooh, yes! <laughs> yes, Greta Thunberg. Oh, Carrie on Moss. Man, I love her so much. I love I that like casting. super crush on her. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and it really is. It's like, you know, everything's upsetting. I mean, 2021, to be honest, it was maybe the hardest year of my life. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie about that. Losing my sister was a crazy experience. Things are hard. I don't want to think about sad stuff right now. I want to be looking at my Christmas tree and enjoying weed and hanging with you and eating good food. But like, I really think that, you know, if we don't go into 2022 with eyes wide open and ready for action and like, mobilize mobilize as voters mobilize as you know canvassing for candidates that we believe in giving back to community organizations that are trying to like help some of the stuff like the you know the unhoused crisis in LA all that kind of stuff it's like it feels like it's all too much but I really want to go into the new year with some kind of plan of action and that's not even a resolution that's just like I feel like if I don't do anything I'm really gonna regret it I'm gonna look back at my life and be like, what What the fuck was I doing? Why was like I so wrapped to... up in nonsense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what am I just here to have a good time? Not, not really. I don't think, I don't think that's why I'm here. You feel purpose. You find purpose. I got really activated in Northern California by these farmers who were suffering. And also just thinking about my dad and my sister, like my dad was a conservationist. My sister was a conservationist. They were both fisheries scientists. My grandmother was a fisheries scientist and conservationist. So you know, it's in my DNA to be active and do something. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when things are hard, you feel like not doing things. You know, I, I I get apathetic when I'm sad. But maybe the way through some of my sadness is to be like, you know, turn into a little bit more of an activist than I already am. Yeah, lead by example. Yeah. Like, I feel like you and I, you know, advocate for a lot of stuff on this podcast. I mean, that's why we started it was to like talk about the things that we love and normalize weed. Yes. For everyone. And we've made an impact. I, I'm proud of, you know, people who have listened to our podcast and said that, you know, like Stephanie Shepard, our interview with uh, Stephanie Shepard from The Last Prisoner Project, our friend Andrea Guzetta um, is now donating $10 for every print that she... Um, the beautiful rainbow joint print that she has, just go check out Andrea Guzetta on Instagram and you'll see it's a beautiful like rainbow joint with a beautiful pink sky. And she's donating $10 of every sale of that print to the Last Prisoner Project. Yep. So like, it's just little tiny things like that that you can do that every everything helps, every little bit. Well, I was gonna bring this up later, but it's kind of inspired by you. So do you mind if I bring it up right now, Mary Jane? No. Okay, so I got an email from my dad and uh, every year at the end of the year, I'm on his list for his business list as well. Like okay. he, cause he wants to let me know that he's doing speaking events all over the Midwest and cool. stuff. And he was like, and this is a note and it says, as you know, at the end of the year, I always do charitable donations in all of your honors. This year I have selected two org- organizations below. In addition, I've attached two PDFs that describe in a bit more detail what these organizations do to help make our world a better place. One of them that he's donating to on behalf of all of his clients Um, is the World Bird Rehab Center. Mm -hmm. He's been donating to it for many years. They treat abandoned nestlings and injured songbirds in the St. Louis area. And they're a small local group who depend on donations to continue their work. The second one, shout out to you, Mary Jane. You want to put your money where your mouth is and be a leader by example? He is also donating to the Ocean Conservancy because they are committed to cleaning up our oceans, waterways of trash and debris. According to their current newsletter, um, 17,000 worldwide cleanup events in 116 countries 
countries that have collected over 20 million pounds of trash, most of it's plastic, to get out of the ocean. So I just want to shout out to my dad, Steve Glazer, for not only donating to places that he cares about, but donating to places that directly tie into you and your family. Wow, that's so cool. Your dad's so great. Shout out to Steve. Shout out to these organizations. (laughs) And shout out to everybody who's trying to make the world a better place, whether through financial donations or like policy reform or listening to this pod and sharing it with friends or just, I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? If we're making the world a better place, then the world's a better place. Everyone who, you know, the just the little little tiny things like pick pick up some litter on your walk around your neighborhood you know if you see a piece of trash on the ground <laughs> i just did that the other day and i was like i had a flashback to being a little kid and my mom made me a t-shirt that said keep our city pretty and she forced me to go out and pick up litter and man the neighborhood kids made fun of me for it but it was like Whatever. a cool lesson as a kid to be you know um, made made to be active in that way and so I don't know that sounds a little preachy like pick up litter in your neighborhood or whatever but I don't know we're all just like here together this is a spaceship that we all live on yeah so. and also it's not preachy I've seen you walk Archie before and it's been like a four bag poop walk <laughs> and not only do you have like six bags so that you can make sure that you have a bag for each one but like I'm gonna be honest sometimes I would walk my parents dog at night when I would be visiting mm-hmm. because if it's under the cover of night I don't have to pick up the shit I was that person <laughs> and you're over there picking up four deuces in one walk so you're a better person than me he poops so much it's, <laughs> I, I mean one of his nicknames is poop and Jew Captain poop and Jew he is like he has big ones. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for the recognition. Also, can I just say Bobo update for anyone who cares about Bobo the cat. A few weeks ago, we took him to the vet thinking that he was at the end. He is doing so well. He's put on so much weight. He's currently, he looks like a, look at him, this little sweet little old man just sleeping there. He's fat, he's happy, and his poops are as the same size as mine, basically. So just talking talk about do, 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 poop do, do, update. Poop <laughs> update. Every, everyone is uh, doing great. The- Pooping. The poo report? The poop, 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 poop report. <laughs> and Mary Jane, what about you? Great. I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to ask me anything? How are your poops, Mike? Oh, boy. Yeah? Are oh, they good? Tremendous. Slidey? Um, shout out Weight Watcher. Shout out 27 Pounds. Shout out a vegan living lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Shout out to how most of my intake of edibles these days is through, you know, something a little more pure, a little more organic, a little more capsule, and a little less chocolate. Hell Yes, on that note, I want to shout out uh, the fucking um, Kinslips, which are fantastic. There are a bunch of like cool products that are out there now if you want to consume weed in edible form that are like locale, basically. We got those tablets, level. Love them. At the Hall of Flowers. And um, Kinslips, like, there are all these neat new ways of like nanotechnology, fast acting low-calorie weed edibles. It's just, it's really cool. So I think the people who are doing R&D in that world as well are just, they deserve uh, some roses. Oh, yeah. It's so much better. Do I want to go on record saying this? For (laughs) now, I do, because this is how I feel right now. But, like, I'm so over the 100-milligram chocolate bar where you can take a half of a bite of a piece so that you have six milligrams. Like, stop. I'd rather take a non-calorie delivery system of a low dose and keep moving Mm -hmm. than have to like nibble like a little squirrel, little chunks of chocolate (laughs) that are like, stop. Like, do you know what? Like, ooh. But you know, the crazy thing is there are people who love a hundred milligram dose. And like the fact that they capped uh, edibles at 100 milligrams is frustrating for them because they need two or 300 milligrams to feel activated in the way that works for them. So it's crazy because like when you go to DC, remember when we were in uh, at the National Cannabis Festival? Yeah. 
and we were buying um, or not buying we were donating in return for free gifts uh, on the initiative 71 market it's like that crazy gray market situation in dc all of the edibles were super high thc like two three four hundred that's right milligrams and it was you know it was like dictated by the fact that they're not regulated and so people want that super you know high thc dose and also um like you know it's a bang for your buck yeah you know true that yeah so you're saying i'm wrong my opinion's wrong i'm not saying you're wrong i love low dose edibles and i prefer like a you know five milligram edible for me because i can keep moving with that if i have a 50 or 100 milligram edible i am like in bed (laughs) i just want like nutrageous to finally have like a five milligram nutrageous like that's i know that we are like you know raising our fist against like amazon corporate capitalistic overtaking of the cannabis industry but god damn it when there's going to be a five milligram twix bar you, you better believe i'm like back on board with capitalism i'm a <laughs> sucker for that a <laughs> big business big business to me if you get a reese's peanut butter cup that is like right around two and a half milligrams and i go see a, the sixth avengers movie to come out that year right i'm a happy dumb fuck you can still drive yes right like it's great that's why can is doing so well because they are the super low dose like two milligrams of THC, four milligrams of CBD per can, and they have like cool flavors that cool people like. And then I was just, I just got a press release for Kate Hudson. Um, she has a vodka brand, and they've partnered. I think she's one of the investors in Can, and they're making like, you know, something that I think is very rare to see in in the weed world. They made this like video about combining alcohol with cannabis. Risky. And they made a little video about it. Um, and they were like, do you want to write about this? And I was like, not really, but, um, you know, good on you. And like they're, the low dose nature of can means that if you feel like having a vodka drink with it, that's okay. Just make sure you don't have too many. Because then you might get knocked down. Yeah. And then knock it up again. Never going to keep me down. Yeah. They'll get knocked down. Get up again. <laughs> Sorry, you said vodka drink and we were all thinking it. Yep. Everyone listening is a like, drink do, out do, of vodka do the joke. joke. Do a jump. <laughs> do a chumba wumba. Do a chumba wumba. <laughs> oh wait, is it is it chumba wumba? Of course. That's tub thumping. Of course. Okay, I just had to follow that thread. Sorry. Um, yeah. Anyway, just to, you know, the low dose beverage market in California is exploding. Super exciting. PBR has their five or ten milligram, I think, hard seltzer. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but uh, curious. Gem and Jane. Delicious. Um, came out this year and they've got some rare cannabinoids in there. They're doing Delta 8 and THCA. I don't know. It's just cool. Like, a lo- I don't want a 100 milligram drink. I want that, yeah, five or 10. Yeah, I think also a new study just came out saying something about CBD does not affect driving. That's oh. a, I, I need to do more research to <laughs> say more about that. But I mean, you know, it's only a Google away for anyone interested. I There's some new research out about CBA, CBD and driving not being a problem. Right. Because it's technically not psychoactive. Well, although that's not even quite correct because it is it does activate in your body and it does bind to receptors. So it does have yeah. an, a, an effect. But like it's not going to make you feel like you're high. It's exactly. not going to give you that euphoric THC Look, buzz. I'm not saying anyone should go on Fox News and start saying Mike Glazer said that CBD is fine while driving. Like, I, I don't go there yet. Uh, <laughs> do your own research, but uh, I, I and I will too. It is. It is totally fine while driving. Yeah. I'm, I'm full of CBD every day, all the time, and I drive great. I'm the best driver. <laughs> I would say that CBD makes you really good at parking. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's why I'm so good. That's it's the commercial. The mm-hmm. You you go you do like a three point turn, skirt skirt skirt, and then open the door. 
and it's like a Mentos commercial, but you pop a CBD in your mouth, uh-huh. look around and be like, who, me? Who? Oh, this CBD edible makes me spit my spatial awareness. It's amazing. <laughs> CBD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Mary Jane, can I say something? Yes. Congratulations and thank you for doing this podcast with me. I don't know how many episodes we've done, like 275 or something like that, but we have not missed a fucking year, day, Wednesday since jump through some crazy fucking times, not only personal, but global. Mm -hmm. And I am so thankful yet again to do this podcast with you for another year. And to all of our guests, thank you so much. And to everyone listening, thank you so much. Didn't miss a fucking app. And that... (laughs) is a real testament to, to you and I and this. And thank it's uh, I'm real proud, and so thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I um, feel the same. I mean, <clears throat> the fact that we managed to put out an episode every single week this year, despite what was happening, you know, honestly, like you handling so much of the heavy lifting while I was in Washington with my sister uh, through, through those weeks and months, uh, was amazing that we were still able to record an intro via Zoom and, you know, do the things and that I was still checking in with you and our friend Ryan helped us with the awesome series and you know we still managed to put out fresh content fresh apps every week and that's it, it it's hard like I think uh I had no idea how much work it was going to be when we launched the pod I was like this will just be a great hang and of course it is but also like there's a lot that goes into it so I super appreciate that and I am so glad that we do it together me too well I mean we write a script and then we send it off for notes to Ryan. Right. And then we get it back and then we workshop it with a director and then we get off books separately and together. Mm-hmm. And then we um, have to go line by line until we give the right intention and tone to each specific point. And that's, that's right. an app. Yeah, so. that's right. And then we edit uh, second by second. Second by second. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> we go in second by second and lift all of the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for doing this. I'm really proud of of the of the interviews that we put out this year. We had Roxanne Gay on our podcast. We had Megan and Rachel Rapino on our podcast. We had Bill Oakley from The Simpsons on our podcast. We've just, you know, we have really something cool. coming up in January. <laughs> a couple say. things. A couple fucking a couple things. Fucking things. What am I saying? A couple fucking things. Big fucking cool deal, real deal, big fat whale guests. Yo, if you've been listening this long, don't fall off now. Don't fall off. We're so excited. Yeah. We're going to have Kamala Harris and Joe Biden on the podcast to really, you know, hold their feet to the fire. I fucking would <laughs> love to. Do you know how much I would love to I be like, would. yo, would you just answer the question directly, please, please, instead of tap dancing around something? You're speaking to a human being who like acts dumb but knows quite a bit more because it's easier to get through life that way. Can <laughs> we be real, please? Can we please be real? Did you see Kamala Harris on Charlemagne the God's uh, show? She clapped back hard. It was great, actually. I have to say, it was pretty cool. So I don't know. She's going on uh, Charlemagne the God's show. We're just, you know, like adjacent, basically. Weed and grub. Absolutely. You know, we're almost there. I think we are as far as guest list is concerned. I as mean, far, maybe even list viewership, honestly. I don't know who watches TV anymore. I'm not coming for Charlemagne the God's ratings, but I will say um, TV's taking a step back. You're right. So yeah. let's be real. I'm really proud. So thank you. And yes, and let's, well, I mean, we shook hands. We did it. We shook hands at Outside Lands, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> you want to do our final buds of the week? Yeah. That's why I'm saying final, but I feel like there's another day in December. 
There is another day in December. We're going to put out an episode next week. I know. Okay. This well, is, but I think what this we is our do, final loose moose. Then this is our final moose. I think next week. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how we feel about it. Okay. We'll see. I'm not going to say what's going to happen next week. Who the fuck knows? Okay. The asteroid that's circling around could annihilate us all. Cannot wait to watch that. Add that to the list. Jan- yeah. Uh, uh, December 24th, Leo and Jen. Yeah, Adam McKay or McKay. Okay. Um, yeah, up. Uh, don't look up. Don't look up. So excited to get <laughs> fucking blazed and watch that with you. Banger of a cast. I feel very... Do you know the funny thing about... I, I was reading about that. Meryl Streep is in it. Mm-hmm. And they were all calling her the goat. And she thought that they were like referring to her as like an old goat. Do you really believe that? Yes, Man, I do. that makes my eyes roll so much. She was like, whoa, everyone's calling me an old goat. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence was like, uh, mm-hmm. greatest of all time. Meryl, please. Yeah. Also, I'll I never guess- forget when I was on that movie with Robert De Niro and I just kept calling him a cuck. And he was like, <laughs> and I was like, no, it stands for celebrity. You... Give me a break. She didn't know what goat was. I just she find didn't. it hard to believe. Some people don't know, Mike. Meryl was uh, isolated from culture in that sense. The one time I met Meryl Streep, I waited on her at Cafe Loves oh, that's many the years story. ago. And uh, she was exactly as, you know, like weirdly detached from reality as you might think. She's fucking amazing. But she was like, yeah. Anyway, I'm Wait, not what, surprised. Did you, did you serve her and her table? I poured her a glass of wine. It was um, that everyone was there for. I can't remember who it was who had passed away, maybe Robin Williams. But there was there was a huge like Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson and Meryl Streep and Al Pacino. They were all there, and um, oh, it was Nora Ephron's funeral, I think. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, she. I poured her a glass of wine and then I offered to carry it to her table for her, and she said, "No, I'm quite adept." And I was like, "Yeah, you don't know what goat is." <laughs> That's that story's okay. I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love you, Meryl. Can't wait to see your movie. You're the fucking best. The goat. I've never been more assured that I'm wrong than right now. Actually, <laughs> I'm quite adept. <laughs> I'm making her sound like she was English. She wasn't. But anyway. Oh shit. Buds of the week. Buds of the week this week. You want to go first or second? Do you have your bud pulled up? Yeah. Okay. You go first then. Okay. My bud of the week this week is Glenn Bolton, who is at G underscore Rilla, R-I-L-L-A-H, G underscore Rilla. Oh, man, where to begin? Um, We're talking about fundraising. We're talking about putting your money where your mouth is. Uh, Glenn is somebody who I've known for many years now here in L.A., a great bassist, a great stand-up comedian, and somebody, let me, I want to pull up the um, details. Yeah. Uh, Somebody in his family, Nadia Porter, 18 years old, uh, just graduated from high school, was walking home, got caught in the crossfire of a fucking drive-by shooting, and now is a quadriplegic. Mm. Like, to go from, at, for anybody, at any age, but 18, graduate high school with honors, moving out, becoming an adult, and now is a quadriplegic because of fucking drive-by that had nothing to do with her that she shouldn't have been caught in the middle of. So, um, Glenn is my butt of the week this week, and if you have any money, any time, or even just want to share the posts from Glenn's account. Um, he's my butt of the week and click all of the links in the show notes, but also on our Instagram to, uh, you know, not only learn more, read more, but see what we're talking about. Wow. That's my butt of the week. Glenn Bolton. Shout yeah. out to him, his entire family. And, uh, we're going to do what we can. Absolutely. Um, my butt of the week is our friend, chef Jordan Wagman. <sighs> 
Yeah, we hung out with Chef Wagman on his podcast, which is called In the Weeds, and we had a great time. You guys, I feel like, super bonded. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you talked hockey and edibles. Psoriasis. Chefing, <laughs> you know, yeah, cooking with weed. and uh, so, Come on, let's, I mean, and we connected over having bad psoriasis. Yes, <laughs> you connected over a lot of things. It was really cool. So his podcast uh, is in.the.weeds.com podcast and he is at chef jordan wagman he is a james beard nominated chef he's an author he's doing amazing stuff in cannabis in canada he's a really fun hang um go give his podcast a listen and uh, i hope that we get to kick it with him when he comes to la i think in the spring he said he wanted to find a way to like hang and cook with us and i'm really excited to make that happen i'm ready to cook anytime let's do it you Let's, let's go cook dinner right now oh my gosh yeah do you want to yes i'm starving yeah. Okay. I mean, you can cook and I'll just eat. <laughs> I have a couple of things that I really want to cook right now. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's right. do that. Let's get out of here. Um, thank you everyone for listening. We are so grateful for your support all year and for hanging with us and sending us fun messages on Instagram and we're at Weed and Grub there and write to us at WG at WeedandGrub.com if you have anything that you want to hear from us or have us cover. Thanks to all of our friends who also supported our Patreon this year, which we put on hold while we work on a couple of big projects that we are excited to announce in the new year. Um, And come check us out at Sketchfest if you're in San Francisco, January 23rd, 4 Mm -hmm. o'clock. Do not miss us at Sketchfest. We'll probably be in deadline next year for a couple of things. So, you know, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Um, Thanks, Mike. Mary Jane, thank you. Okay. You're my Neo. I'm your Neo? Yeah. You're my Trinity. Whoa! <laughs> and then all of our buds who listen to this are like, oh, I'm Morpheus. <laughs> and one of them is like, I'm Mr. Smith. And he cracks his knuckles. <laughs> yeah, so good. totally. All right. Well, you want to go get high on some Oracle? Yes. That's a good weed strain name. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.